Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Welcome, everyone, to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you today on Business X Radio. Today we're coming to you a little different. We're coming from the Infinite Energy Center, and we're going to be here while the Impact Awards for the Gwinnett Chamber are going on, and uh, located here in uh, Duluth. But uh, each week we plan on featuring businesses in the Atlanta area, profit, nonprofit, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today is Maureen Cornoa. Cornoa, yes. Cornoa. She is Executive Director of Home for Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter, Inc. Uh, it's, uh, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I've had, she's spoken at our Rotary and some different things. And let's just kind of start off with who is Maureen Cornoa? Well, thank you, Rick, for having me this morning. Privileged to be here. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Maureen Cornell, I would say first and foremost, is a humble public servant of our good Lord. Uh, I'm a Buford resident, 28 years, two great daughters. I'm a tennis player. Um, yes. Um, and uh, everything I do is centered around kind of leaving this world a little better than I found it. That's an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you come from? How it got you here? Why did you get into what you're doing? Well, those are God-ordered steps for sure. My background, believe it or not, many years ago was uh, uh, commercial real estate, shopping center management and development. And then um, we ended up in Buford, Georgia, many, many, 28 years ago. And uh, I started volunteering. I was fortunate enough to be home with my girls when they were small. And I started volunteering with um, different organizations in Gwinnett. And next thing you know, uh, apparently I had some leadership skills. Uh, that we like to call them leadership skills. That you do. Yes, and uh, that led me to ultimately being asked to come over to what was then Gwinnett Children's Shelter, a state-contracted facility, uh, and take that program in another direction. Um, And so we were able to do that five years ago now. We were uh, transitioned away from a state-contracted facility to a private uh, nonprofit that we run now. I think it's, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's a lot easier when you're trying to do something like this if you can kind of get the state out of it. Gover- well, let's just say government out of it. True. Um, however, n- then also that is a challenge when you're raising, you Funds. know, a seven-figure budget every year privately. Absolutely. But I knew in my heart and in the plan for Home of Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter, I never, ever doubted that we had the passion and commitment and the servant leaders in our community that could help move the needle toward uh, addressing the homeless issue, which is what we're talking about today. Well, and, and I know that, um, you know, when you do something like this, who do you actually serve, and what does homelessness look like in the suburbs of Gwinnett? Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with what homelessness looks like in the suburbs of Gwinnett. There's dueling numbers out there right now with those of us serving. Uh, there's one number that said there's, says there's over 6,000 homeless in Gwinnett County every single night, and the other one is 8,000, over a little over 8,000 homeless every single night. 
Either way, those are staggering, horrible numbers. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that used to keep me awake at night, which brought me to Home of Hope, was uh, how do we address the issue of homelessness? And that is uh, the largest population I saw by running another uh, previous ministry was uh, mostly homeless young women and their children sleeping in cars and extended stay hotels. So that's who we serve right now, homeless children with their young moms, girls aging out of foster care. Um, to keep them from being victims of the streets. Um, and that brings us into how our program works. Our program, we do an interview process from the time someone calls looking for services. Um, we invite them for an interview to see if they're really hungry, looking to change their outcomes. And when we get a young mom who really wants to work hard at forever changing the lives of her children, um, we take her in and we put her on a path to independence. Do you reach out to those people that don't really seem to want to do much different? They're just kind of happy where they are. They don't want anybody. And to a certain extent, I would think when you're in something like this, there's a little bit of control. I mean, you have to be willing to do things such as try to better yourself. Uh, have that desire in some way to take care of yourself and your kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I know people out there that, you know, they're quite happy where they are. Leave me alone. Right. But give me the free food. Right. So we don't uh, reach out to people at all. We get five to eight calls a day just for our program for people looking for services. So that assessment that we do when someone's, you know, looking for help, the first thing we do is find out what their needs are. If they start saying, I'm in domestic violence, I'm in a violent situation, we encourage them to call the agency that does it and does it so very well, which is Partnership Against Domestic Violence. That's their wheelhouse, that's what they're good at. We are not equipped to handle that. So that's why we do an assessment to see if um, they're called the right number. And then from there, we would invite them for an in-person interview, which determines, you know, we kind of get more of the story. Every person um, gets a customized life plan. And we say customized because everybody's story is unique to their situation. So when we do this evaluation, um, it's really a great opportunity to see and have a conversation face-to-face -face with the young person to uh, give her that piece of hope that if you know she takes the spot that we ha are, are, are offering her, that um, her life will be forever changed. We'll do our part, she has to do hers. You know, that makes a lot of sense. I know I, I, I've seen from back in my days working in law enforcement, when, you, when you're sitting down and you're talking to people, you have a certain amount of people that really want help mm -hmm. and they're sincere about reaching out and it's not something they wanna do but it's something that they, they feel like they've got to do and they're willing to take that extra step. And you mentioned something about the passion part. And I think it's finding someone that is in a lot of ways passionate about getting that help and making their life better. Um, so, you know, I guess the next question would be, why does it work? That's a great question. This program is, is designed to address the root cause of each young family's homelessness. Get to the bottom. How'd you get here? What's broken? What's not working for you? Here's a plan of action to get you to independence. So when a mom gets accepted into our program, first and foremost, focus on children. Their needs met, assessed, uh, health, education, get them enrolled in school, get them to a doctor if they need to go see a doctor. But mom has a customized life plan that's done with her and for her. 
that plan and being uh, accepted into our program, you, um, when you accept the rules of residency, that includes life skills training. We provide everything you need to get to independence. So that's life skills training on a Wednesday night. You may have resume writing, career building, uh, financial management, consumer credit counseling, parenting, health and nutrition. Um, those classes. The whole gamut of what a normal, normal life is. Mm -hmm. And you know, we do an assessment on intake to determine whether a young mom is a generational poverty mindset or a situational poverty mom, two very different things. And a generational poverty young lady um, coming out of the cycle doesn't know what she doesn't know, but she has now has children of her own and knows a mother's love and she wants better for her family. So when she's got this group of us around her, say, you can do it, you can be it, you can have it, it's for you. And here's how we're gonna get you there. So that she motivational to, tool. Mm -hmm, she needs to stay hungry and we'll provide her everything else. Our guests are required to have employment within 30 days. Um, our guests are required to say between 30 and 50% of every paycheck. We don't take a penny from anyone, but that money represents the rent they'll pay when they move out someday. And you and I both know these days with the lack of affordable housing and the fact that we don't pay a livable wage uh, <laughs> for a single parent household, you know, minimum wage is not a livable wage, that that truer number is probably actually 50 to 75% of monthly household income right now. But the 30 to 50% that we asked our guests to save will represent it's for budgeting purposes and they must uh, produce their paperwork week to week with the um, with their sit down with their social worker, who is our director of operations, Miss Renita Pollard, and she's amazing. Well, you know, you mentioned something in that that I think is very important, and you mentioned something that there are rules if they come into your, you know, help program, mm -hmm. that there are rules that they have to abide by. So it gives them that structure that, I mean, there are rules in society, and when they leave there, there's going to be rules. So it sounds to me like you've kind of got them learning the rules that they're going to have to deal with when they leave while they're there. So, and it may be stuff that they've never had to even adjust to. Right. They've never played by the rules, if you will. It's a high accountability program. And the first question you asked me was, why does your program work? Mm -hmm. It works because we're a high accountability program that holds people accountable for their actions. And when you learn how to navigate life for whatever reason, now you're 20 years old with three kids under four years old, um, you weren't taught. You don't know what you don't know. And we have that opportunity in a loving, Christ-like environment to keep that family unit together and teach mom to fish. I can't think of a better way to help children as a children's shelter. Actually, you know, it's just the whole process and that, that thought process is something that most of these young people, these young mothers and stuff, have never had. It's the choices, consequences thing. Choices you learn that for your choices, there are consequences sounds like you're there to teach them how to make better choices choices and chances choices and chances i like that that's something i may coin from you um you know, we talked a little bit about the funding and it being a nonprofit. how do you go about getting funding for the uh, children well that's a good question as well um, funding comes to us through um, donor development individual donors uh, family foundations i write a lot of grants and i write a lot to family foundations um, developing private relationships with private donors and then fundraising events. We have three big ones a year right now and I'm very interested in anybody who wants to come alongside and uh, help us out 
um, with raising money to continue the cause. Right, so what are your three big uh, things you got going on? Well, um, the first weekend in March every year we do the Sip and Swine Barbecue Festival, which is held out at Cool Ray Field. Uh, that was just, a, you just had that, didn't you? We did. Yeah. First weekend of March. It's always a Friday afternoon and all day Saturday. Um, it is a KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society, Pitmaster sanctioned uh, cook-off. We have uh, usually about 90 teams that come from all over the U.S., professional and backyard division that compete. And then we have a vendor area, and um, the whole thing benefits the children's shelter. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. What a couple of the others? Another one is a private um, wine auction at the home of Bartow and Leslie Morgan from Renaissance uh, Bank. Mm -hmm. uh, it used to be Brand Bank. And then our board chair, um, immediate past chair, uh, Mr. Brand Morgan, who is amazing to us in the children's shelter over the years. So he and Bartow and Leslie put on the wine auction. We just had our 10th year. So, I mean, that is amazing that they open their home the way they do to put on a lovely afternoon. Um, that raises a great um, amount of funds for us. And then the third one um, will be our, we do a Diamonds And event, and our lead sponsor for that event every October is Tara Fine Jewelry. And we just give it a dance party with a different theme, and Tara donates something wonderful for us to raffle at the Diamonds And event. Well, it's, it's three that are very, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but very well known to me. I'm very familiar with those three events. And the way they're spaced out, it just kind of moves through the year. Um, one of the things that is hard to do when you're in a nonprofit, I've been on a nonprofit board before, is to generate that ability to get that income. And you know, it's, it's so important in people in your position and to be able to help these kids that somehow you bring in those donations and and get people passionate about the same things that you're passionate about and the homeless and especially children I think is something that more people can get interested in activated on and, and be active in than a lot of the other things one of the things that I would really like to see happen is um some of the federal funding that comes down to the county level, Home of Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter doesn't qualify those for those funds because currently HUD's definition of homelessness does not include transitional living shelters. For me, if you're sleeping in your car or living in an extended stay hotel, um, because we're particular about who we take in and we have them interview, and the length of stay, we're considered a transitional living shelter, and they are not don't qualify for emergency service grant funds at the county level, and that infuriates me because uh, the need is great. We have a solution that actually has proven results now that takes people from homelessness to hopeful and into a home of their own that we know they can maintain, sustain, and afford for having been through our program. As a taxpayer, I'd rather fund me than the current system that enables people to stay on it. Well, and that's a whole, uh, that's a whole another conversation. But oh, I, I um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not here to stir a pot and cause issues. I'm very much willing to be part of a solution, and I've joined national coalitions to uh, write best policy practices and procedures to get move the needle to get HUD's definition of homelessness amended to include transitional shelters. Uh, it sounds like a great, a great plan. You know. The, the, Helping people to move out of that 
rather than to sustain the cycle of their being in it. Mm -hmm. Seems like a lot more worthy goal than just to give them sustenance that keeps them in the pattern that they're in instead of trying to give them help to get transition out of it. I have strong feelings about if you want to give a mom with four kids food stamps, give it to the mom who works 40 hours a week who's making less than a livable wage under Absolutely. 16 79 an hour, whatever that hourly is. Give that mom the help with the insurance because if you have four children and you have a job and you're lucky enough to be making $13 an hour, you cannot support yourself and certainly pay insurance for your kids. So give those people who are working 40 hours who are working 40 hours trying to make it, give them subsidize their income with the food stamps and the health insurance. The way it's set up now, we see it over and over again um, where we've enabled, unfortunately, uh, we've enabled people to stay on our system and keep them down when there's, a, the, the, there's another there way. There are options. There are options. And I know there's gray areas. Don't Please don't send me emails, write me nasty grams. <laughs> I've been doing this for 17 years. I can tell you what's working, what isn't working, and how the system's being abused. We see it over and over again. And again, I'm willing to be part of a solution. But let's start with Home of Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter. We've graduated 70 families out of the cycle of home, 71 as of this weekend, uh, out of the cycle of homelessness. Um, since we started five short years ago this coming June with just five families at a time. so You know, that brings up a, a, an interesting uh, question as well. Uh, you say 71 families have graduated. How, what is your average uh, success rate of those 71 mm -hmm. families? How, I mean, 100%, you know, you, it's hard to imagine somebody doing that, but you know, what is the success rate, mm -hmm. if, you, if you know and you may not know? I, I do know. Our overall success rate of helping people, we're at a 67% uh, overall success rate. That's great. It's really great for not in the nonprofit world. Um, the 71 families who have now graduated out over the last five years, we do a 30, 60, 90 day follow-up. Some families still come back and visit. Other families, they kind of want to put it behind them and two years later, or even 90 days later, don't want to answer the phone anymore. Go back where they were. Yeah, they don't want to go back where they were. They're moving on and we respect that. But for the amount of people that we've served coming through the doors, uh, a 67% success rate in the nonprofit arena is pretty pretty solid. Absolutely. Good numbers. Uh, and every challenge, every obstacle, everything that doesn't go well, and we say, well, gosh, that was disappointing. We get together as a team and figure out what we did right what we did wrong and we use it to do a little better moving forward well and I kind of look at that like I do a lot of other things it's you know that's that cycle of life that habit thing it can be an addiction and addictions are hard to break it takes changing habits like we're talking about and some people are addicted to that lifestyle they don't they don't know how to break their addiction and what you're doing is a way to teach them recovery how to get out of that addiction for that lifestyle mm -hmm. when you see that young mom and she comes in she just doesn't know how to navigate life it's not her fault nobody told taught her you don't know what you don't know so it's a cycle mm -hmm. but when she sees it out there around her and knows that mother's love for her own kids and she's like wait a minute i they i can do this they they have that i you know why can't I? I can do it too i can do it too and that's where we step in and that's why we interview because i don't have money to waste on someone poor choice words i'm sorry waste 
I totally well, to waste on no, somebody who's not willing to change their outcome. No, so absolutely. if your goal is to collect a check because you slip and fell, not, don't come you in. Know, don't come in. You're waiting to collect a check. You truly need an extended stay hotel. This program is designed to get people to independence while keeping the family unit together and teaching mom to fish. Yep. I, so and I like that. It uh, is a tough love. I like that learn to fish. Yep. Uh, because that's exactly what it is. You know, you're not trying to give them the fish. You're trying to teach them how to fish teach and feed them the themselves. Fish. Feed them for a lifetime. Yeah, that is that great. Yeah, how many at one time would families do you serve? Yep. So right now our capacity is 15 families. Mm -hmm. um, this past month I was granted um, a, a very nice grant from the Woodruff uh, Foundation in Atlanta to help me get some um, capital repairs made. Our building's 20 years old now and we needed new HVAC systems, uh, new flooring in-house too. So the answer to that is right now I'm at 15. By July 1st, I will, if not sooner, I will be at uh, 20 families at a time. So. 20 families. 20 families That's at a time. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a lot. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about how what you do helps the mothers, which kind of in turn helps the kids. But what do you specifically do when you're dealing with the children and you're in this environment? How do you, what do you do that helps them? Well, first of all, if you've been out to our campus, we have a loving, nurturing environment. Our kids don't know they're in a shelter. We don't use the word shelter. Uh, the walls are animated, beautiful, scriptures, bright and cheery. Um, the kids have kids club two nights a week where volunteers come in or staff come in. They plant in the garden. They, uh, I'll give you an example. Last night, uh, the Women of Global Change came in and did Mother's Day festivities, and the kids made uh, painted Mother's Day pots and fingerprints and you know things for moms. Um, so our our kids first and foremost are in that safe, loving, nurturing environment where they're free to be kids away from the worries of homelessness. Uh, we also have a child advocate. Um, one of our residential advisors is a liaison from mom to the school system to the child. Anything that child needs that goes through um, our child advocate to make sure their needs are met. Well, it, you know, it's it's almost like seven day a week 365 days a year kind of like the atmosphere that i had back when i was a kid you went to sunday school and it was just that nurturing environment that you were comfortable you felt like a kid and i've noticed that a lot of times these kids are forced to grow up too fast mm -hmm. because of their situations they're out there they're playing on the streets they're dealing they're learning from the wrong crowd this sounds like it is something to where they learn there again the right habits to get into as they move forward in life to be able to address those situations in a much different fashion than what their their parents or their grandparents did it sounds like well if you can imagine a nine-year-old and i have a case in mind when i'm saying this um, a nine-year-old's about third grade and they're sleeping in their car in the parking lot at night and she's getting him to school in the morning and this child nine years old burdened with the homelessness because his mom will tell him don't tell anyone Where you because sleep. the police will take you away from me she doesn't do it to be mean she loves her child they love her she's trying to figure out life and catch a break and she and doesn't so, want to take a chance no and he's now burdened with that going to school getting picked on for wearing the same shirt three days that week getting picked on at the lunch table, can't have a friend over, can't go to a sleepover, can't go to, you know, for fear somebody's going to find out. A child should never be burdened with adult issues. Absolutely. And once they come in and they see all the things we do, the little things from picking their own bedding, you know, if you're a 
Spider-Man fan or Elsa, Frozen, whatever. The little things that we do day in and day out, those children are free to be children. I think one of the, the things that's the most exciting is when you see the looks on some of the kids' faces. We do work for Warwick Dunn Charities mm-hmm. in their home for the homeless, uh, home for the holidays. And the last day when the presentation of the home is there, and these mothers have to go to work, they have to actually, they actually pay for these homes. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're given to them free. There, there are rules like, like you have. But they, when they come in there, the bedrooms are fully furnished. They've got stuffed animals on the bed. And when, when they do that presentation, you're looking at it and you're thinking, you're seeing a child come into a place that's never had a bedroom of their own, most likely. Never had their own bed. If they did, were in a bedroom. Um, their own house had their own stuffed animals sitting on the bed that is there for them. It's amazing. That's the, that's the best part of it is seeing the look on the children's faces when they realize that they can relax and be children. And they haven't had that opportunity. It's always been shuffling around and moving around and never knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. It should be their one job until they're adults is to be children, be free to be children, away from those worries. And we like to think we have them for such a short time, but we touch their lives forever. Absolutely, and anything that they go through as children, this is their formative years. Uh, what they learn, what they go through, the, the, the stress that they go through, and the kids have stress just like everybody else. And the difference is most people don't pay any attention to the kid's stress. They don't see it. They're too worried. Adults are worried about their own stress of mm-hmm. how to keep it up, how to, how to pay for it, how to, how to be what they're going to do. They don't pay any attention to the kid's stress. It's just to them, they're just throwing a tantrum. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's nothing in the world but a release of stress for those kids. Right. And being able to somehow bring them into a program such as yours that allows them to make that adjustment into, you know, who's to say what a normal life is, mm-hmm. but what most people perceive more as a normal life mm-hmm. and learning to, to be that. We do watch uh, them change when they get stability from being in our um, program we watch their grades shoot up we watch their reading get better Uh, we do provide tutoring is mandatory by the way every Tuesday night every elementary school child uh, Gwinnett County sends a teacher out and tutoring is mandatory too so just to keep them on track and they run to show us their report cards or things they made that day it's just free to be kids you know that's just that it's just a terrific idea that you've got here and, you know, one of the things a lot of people wonder about, and, you know, you're no different, is you have all these people, you have all these kids. You know, security is something that is that I'm sure that you're aware of, that you're concerned with. And, you know, keeping them safe and secure while they're there as children, do you, I'm sure you all do background checks on your people. Sure. And what do you all do to address them? these security issues for them so uh, anybody on our that's one of the reasons we don't touch the domestic violence issue if somebody's looking for somebody uh, our main building our families live dorm style they have private rooms with their own bathrooms but um, the community living space is just this community is just that um, so uh, anybody coming on to volunteer with us of course we require volunteer applications and background checks which we do provide free of charge to our guests one of our uh, board members um, has a security company and he does them all for us free of charge so we can turn those around pretty quickly and then we call it green lighted once somebody's green lighted we invite them on campus 
Um, when groups come in, um, which we do that too, there's always staff present to do group projects or landscaping, things like that. So, Well, you know, it's a great passion that you have for what you do. And, you know, I thank you so much for being here. What do we, how did people get a hold of you if they maybe want to make a donation, maybe want to check it out, maybe want to talk to you to learn how to volunteer or something? Have you got phone numbers, uh, websites, sure emails? Do. So the best way to get us is uh, through the website first at uh, www.homeofhopegcs, homeofhopegcs.org. On our website, you can fill out a volunteer application. That comes to me directly. Once I review it, I send it on to the admin who sends the request for background check form. Um, my information is also on the website. Please call me, email me, and set up um, a tour and a visit with me. I like to do that myself. Um, if you're not sure you want to donate or come volunteer, that's okay. Just come and visit and let me tour and talk with you. And if it calls to your heart, we'd love to have you. You want to throw your phone number out here? Sure. 678-546-8770. Home of Hope at Gwinnett Children's Shelter. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much, Maureen, for coming on. Um, I hope that people listen to this and give you a call and check out the uh, Home of Hope. I think it's just, uh, it's just something that would be a benefit to so many children. I'd like to see y'all get up to 35, 40, 50 families. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh -huh. That would be awesome. Yes, <laughs> you just scared me a little. But thank <laughs> well, you so much for having me today. I appreciate, appreciate it. You. Well, thank you again for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. And remember, you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com. Clicking on the Gwinnett Studio and then click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will be talking with business leaders about their business and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guest, Maureen Carnola, with uh, Home of Hope for Gwinnett County Shelter, or Gwinnett Shel Children's Shelter, and for my producer, Mike. And I, again, I am Rick Strawn, and remember at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets.